They're crazy, they're zany, and just plain nuts, but they love Jesus. America's Keswick and all of you. Here are the hosts of the Bob and Bill podcast, Robert Hayes and Bill Wilk. Well, good afternoon, Bob. Hello, Bill. How are you? Well, we, we had fun this weekend. We did have fun. Uh, for our guests that are joining us, we did our first all-virtual Memorial Day weekend mm-hmm. conference, and it was, it was okay. It was. We can't see people, but, mm-hmm. but the colony guys were able to come. Yes, and there were a few campground folks yep. there. And so we are really, really excited to be on episode 22. By the way, Be Thou Exalted, is that somebody's favorite that you know and I know? Uh, a good friend, Judy. Okay, Judy Jolly. One of her favorite songs. And uh, it was also written by Al Smith, who is from Montrose, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. And uh, so, yeah, it's a fun, fun song for me to play along with you. So if Judy's watching, that was just for you. Well, Pastor Dave Ritter from Bayside Chapel was our speaker for the Memorial Day weekend conference, and I thought it would be really good for you to hear his message. He did a a message, the last one, on prayer, and so you're going to hear part one today and part one on Friday, so let's give a good listen to my pastor, and I know he's going to bless your heart, Pastor Dave Ritter, as he talks about prayer. We're reading uh, in this session from Matthew 6, 25 through 34, and I encourage you to follow along in your Bibles as I read and to have them open as we work our way through this text. Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not reap or sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? 
Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I have a confession to make. It's possible that I may have scarred my children for life by playing a sadistic little game with them when they were young. I, sometimes it was my turn to, to give the children their bath in the evening before I put them to bed and I'd be weary and, you know, just kind of wanted to get it over with. But the kids, you know, were having fun in the tub and they wanted to keep playing and playing and playing. And I give them a warning, you know, one more minute, one more minute. And, and when the minute would come and go and they would say, no, I want to play some more. Then I would resort to, to my little trick. And that was I would pull the bathtub plug. I would point at the water spinning down the drain and I would say, get out, get out. You're going to go down the drain. And they would jump up and they would scream and they would jump out of the tub and run into my arms where I had a towel waiting to dry them. Now, you know, they grew a little bit older and they figured out, Dad, I can't go down the drain. I'm too big. And so the, the gig was up and I couldn't use it anymore. But we had a good laugh about it for years after that. You know, to us, childhood anxieties can be amusing. Uh, but the things that cause us anxiety aren't funny at all, are they? You know, we take our worries seriously, and we have plenty to be worried about these days. What if I get the COVID? Or what if one of my loved ones gets the virus? What if this COVID, uh, this COVID lockdown keeps going? Uh, what if I can't find work when it's over? What if we lose the house? What if, what if it's cancer? What if... He leaves me. What if my daughter gets pregnant? What if my son gets arrested? What if we can't afford the tuition? What if the wrong person gets elected? Anxiety seems to run rampant in our lives, elevating our blood pressure, robbing us of sleep, keeping us on edge. It was psychologist Rollo May who said years ago, anxiety is one of the most urgent problems of our day. The official emotion of our age the basis of all neuroses and the most pervasive psychological phenomenon of our time. There is plenty of anxiety to go around these days. And truth be told, some of the most anxious people I've ever known are some of the most deeply religious. In fact, sometimes religion feeds our anxiety by painting a picture of an angry and fickle God. You can never be sure what he's thinking and he's, he's always ready to zap us when we step out of line. Some religions purposely keep people off balance, wondering uh, if they've done enough, wondering if they've given enough, wondering if they've attended enough to escape the flames of hell. In the hands of certain religious leaders, anxiety can be a great motivator to keep people in line, to keep them giving, to keep them coming to church. But a religion that keeps you anxious 
instead of helping you overcome your anxiety, is a misguided religion. As misguided as the other forms of religion that we've been looking at in this series. You know, the religion that's more about impressing people than connecting with God. The religion that teaches you to recite rote prayers instead of teaching you how to talk with God. The religion that becomes just another get-rich-quick scheme, suggesting that you can serve both God and mammon. When we have wealth, as Jesus has just been talking about in the, in the previous section here in Matthew 6, when we have wealth, we run the risk of forgetting about God, dishonoring him, missing out on the things that are really most important in life. But the opposite can also happen. When times are tough and we don't have enough, we can become anxious and dishonor God by assuming he's either incapable or unwilling to meet our needs. And so here at the end of Matthew 6, Jesus addresses the subject of our anxiety. In fact, three times in this passage, he says, don't worry, do not worry. In verse 25, in verse 31, you'll see it again in verse 34, do not worry. Uh, this is more than a, a message of carefree, Ill, irresponsible, you know, don't worry, be happy. Hakuna Matata. It's not, it's not like that. In, in fact, Jesus is very serious here when he says, I don't want you to worry. And he gives us a five-part prescription uh, to help us overcome our anxiety. He's saying, I don't want you to be worried. I don't want you to carry this anxiety. Uh, followers of Jesus shouldn't be anxious people. You can be free of anxiety. And here's how. So part one of his prescription to help us overcome our anxiety and worry, part one is this, consider what you need in light of what God has already given you. Consider what you need in light of what God has already given you. In verse 25, Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Now, what we eat, what we drink, what we wear, these are some of the most basic necessities of life. They're pretty important things. If you don't take care of these things on a daily basis, you may not live very long. You need to take care of them. And Jesus says, yeah, take care of them, but don't let them become a source of anxiety for you. And somebody says, but I have needs in my life, unmet needs, and I don't see how those needs are ever going to be met. How am I supposed to keep from getting anxious about them? And Jesus says, wait a minute, stop. Before you get all absorbed thinking about what you don't have, first consider what God has already given you. You're concerned with food and drink. Why? Well, I need them to live, you say. Well, who gave you that life in the first place? Well, God did. Well, what do you think is harder to do, to give you life or to sustain that life by giving you food and drink? Well, I suppose the harder thing is to give me that life in the first place. And that's the whole point. Look, if God has already done the harder thing for you and has given you life, don't you think he's also capable of providing the food and drink that's necessary to sustain that life? And why are you concerned with clothing? Well, I've got to cover my body. Well, who gave that body to you? Well, God. Well, have you ever stopped to consider what an incredible thing your body is? Which do you think is harder, for God to construct your body with all of its intricacies, 
or to provide clothing for it. And you have to say, well, constructing my body with all of its intricacies, that's clearly the harder thing. And the point is, look, if God has already done the harder thing by giving you this marvelous body so wonderfully made, don't you think he can provide something as simple as clothing to cover that body? You see, the principle is that, it, that that's reinforced in other places in Scripture is that if God has already accomplished great things for us, he won't fail to provide simple things for us. As Paul put it in Romans 8, 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things, whatever else we need? Consider what you need in light of all that God has already given you. Think of what God has already given you. He's given you life. He's given you a body. He's given you grace and forgiveness and eternal life. Give thanks for all of it. And when you stop and give thanks for all that God has already done, you're less prone to worry about the other things that you still need. Consider what you need in light of what God has already given you. So here's what I want you to do out there. All of, all of you anxious and fretful people, I want you to sit back right now, take a deep breath and relax. And remind yourself, the God who gave me life, the God who gave his son for my salvation won't fail to provide whatever else I need. Consider what you need in the light of what God has already given you. Here's part two of Jesus' prescription for our anxieties. Look at God's care of his creation and realize your special place within it. Look at God's care of his creation and realize your special place within it. If you're fraught with anxiety, maybe you need to go and take a walk in one of our state or county parks that have just opened back up. Or maybe you need to go take a walk on the beach and just take in God's creation. Jesus says in verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Now, don't mistake what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying just sit back and wait for God to provide. No, the birds of the air work hard for their food. They don't sow or reap or store, but they're not lazy. Uh, birds work hard every day to gather their food. Just watch the, the robin in your front yard trying to pull out a worm from the ground. Or watch the gulls swooping over a boardwalk just waiting for somebody to drop a fly, or drop a french fry, and then they're going to be right on it. They work hard for their food. But the point is that birds live day to day. Uh, they don't store up reserves in barns to fall back on. God takes care of them just fine, providing their daily bread. Ever walked on a beach early in the morning, early enough to see the gulls pulling uh, clams out of the surf as they're kind of rolling in? And, and they take those clams, those whole clams, and they'll, they'll fly up high in the air, and then they'll drop them on the hard-packed, uh, wet part of the beach. Uh, and, and they'll do it over and over again as long as it takes to make that clam finally break open and then they swoop down and they, they eat the inside out of the shell. It's a marvelous thing to see how God provides 
for the birds of the air. Have you ever seen an osprey? Uh, you know, hovering over the ocean waves and all of a sudden he folds up his, his wings and he plunges into the ocean and disappears and then he pops back out a moment later with a fish in his talons and he takes off with his powerful wings and flies over the beach carrying, carrying his prey, carrying that fish still wiggling around in its clutches. It's an amazing thing to see how God provides for his creation. And Jesus is saying, are you not much more valuable than they? I mean, Psalm 8 says that we are the crowning glory of God's creation, just a little lower than the angels. If God provides so beautifully for the birds of the air, can't you trust him to provide for us? Now, on your nature walk, don't just pay attention to the birds of the air. Pay attention also to the flowers of the field. He says in verse 28, and, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. Years ago, our family took a vacation, a camping trip up to Vermont. And I don't know if they do this every year in Vermont, but that particular year, the highway department had sown wildflower seed all in the medians of the major highways and along the shoulders. It was just an explosion of, of color, these beautiful wildflowers, all shapes and colors just growing at the same time. It was a spectacular sight to take in as you were driving the highways of that beautiful state. And, and Jesus is saying, look, if that is how God closed the grass of the field, this is verse 30, if that is how God closed the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, oh, you of little faith? You're, you're much more valuable than they. The grass of the field only lasts a season. In, in Jesus' day, it might be gathered up and used for kindling to help get a fire started, but that's about all it was good for. In any event, it didn't have much value. And the point is, that God's care for his creation is so rich that he even clothes worthless grass with beautiful flowers. And if that's how he clothes the grass, can't you count on him to clothe you who are so much more valuable to him than that grass of the field? Is your faith really so small that you can't trust him for what you need? If God cares about the birds of the air enough to feed them and the grasses of the field enough to adorn them, he will surely also take care of you. So look at God's care of his creation and realize your place within it. Your friends are gone, and it just seems your world is falling all around. No need to fear, I'll still be there to love you. Your friends are gone And it just seems like your world is fighting hard 
love you even though sometimes you feel it hurts to be alone but I know that one day soon all the pain will be behind us no more sadness will find us will find us remember this it won't be long we'll be together you just keep holding on until that day going to sing about the miracles of grace but until then know this my friend I Thank you, David, for your beautiful ministry to the Lord. It's a beautiful song. We do have a lot to look forward to as we spend eternity with him. Mm. It's amazing the, the voice that God's given this young man. Yes. We're so glad that you're on our team. Well, we appreciate you joining on this episode of the Bob and Bill podcast. I want to encourage you to join us tomorrow at 1.30 for Facebook Live and then tomorrow afternoon, Jim Lang is going to be doing another interview of a colony resident on the Ripple podcast. And so thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we had a good Memorial Day weekend. It was an amazing weekend, virtual. Uh, so it was very different, but it was very good. So you can go back online and watch those on Facebook and on BoxCast and YouTube. Thank you again for being a part of this ministry. If you would like to give a gift so that we can continue to do what God's called us to do, I want to encourage you to call 1-800-453-7942, or you can visit our website, www.americaskeswick.org. Donate now. God bless. If you enjoyed today's podcast, let us know. Write us at bewealthy at americaskeswick.org, or it'll be in the description below. If you'd like to learn more information about America's Keswick, you can visit our website at www.americaskeswick.org. Join us every Wednesday and Friday at 2.30 for the next edition of the podcast. I'm Zach. 
And I'm Tyler, and have a good and godly day.